fact, you know, I even had, um, you know, members of my direct family sort of saying to me, you know, don't know why you, you know, you push yourself so hard because you're not really going to ever amount to anything. And they still had that mentality of that low expectation of someone with a disability not being able to be successful in life. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Welcome, and I am so honored to introduce to you Fiona DeMarc from Australia. Fiona has a wonderful story that she's going to get started on in just a moment, but Fiona talks to us a lot about resiliency and what it means to be resilient and some advocacy questions. So before we get too into the weeds, Fiona, tell us a little bit about yourself. If you would, the listeners, let let us get to know you just a little bit and maybe a pivotal time in your life where you had some choices to make. And thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, So I'm Fiona. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. And I guess the biggest thing that makes me realize how important resiliency is in life is that I've grown up being legally blind. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that come along with that and a lot of challenges and a lot of times where you have to think outside the square. And quite often Mm -hmm. just being resilient comes as part of that because you've kind of got to realize that, you know, sometimes things don't work out ideally the way that you would like them to. And so you you just automatically kind of work out something as an alternative. And that translates into my thinking processes for the rest of life. Not always an easy thing to do, especially when I was younger. And look, I think, um, you know, as a teenager, I really hit rock bottom. And I think we all tend to have that time of an identity crisis at some point in life. And my first one of those was definitely when I was about 16. I probably should have really been um, diagnosed as clinically depressed, but back in in the days, I'm just like a dinosaur now showing my age. But um, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't talk about those things back then, you know? No, we didn't. We didn't. And it was just kind of like, especially I grew up in a little town in the outback of New South Wales. And so it was like this, um, you know, whole pull your socks up get on with it move on you know you'll be right and you know this was after sort of you know trying to navigate through I guess you know having a disability and not having a really good support network for that because the resources where I grew up were really poor um, you know, my, my dad had passed away unexpectedly at, when I was 15 and there was obviously a lot of stuff that I had to deal with along with that. And I just didn't have a great support network. My support network was, in fact, you know, something that I I really needed to seek out and eventually I did find. But, you know, I even had, um, you know, members of my direct family sort of saying to me, you know, don't know why you, you know, you push yourself so hard because you're not really going to ever amount to anything. And they still had that mentality of that low expectation of someone with a disability not being able to be successful in life. 
And wow. so, and yeah, there, hearing was, there that was a lot of challenge. <laughs> right. You're hearing that from family instead of what you want to hear is, you know, aim high and or we support you whatever you hmm. do. And instead you're like, why bother? You know, your family's exactly. saying, why bother? Yeah. You know, you're not going to be much anyway. So. So, yeah. So, I mean, it really was a place where I sort of had to really go, okay, well, what, what do I need to do for myself? And you know, that, that point came where it was like, okay, well, you're either going one direction or you go in the other. And, you know, I really was, you know, I, I was having sort of, you know, thoughts of suicide and all sorts of stuff. And it was like, okay, well, I got to this point where I had to do a presentation at school and I decided I was, I was going to do it on suicide. And I thought at that moment in time, because if I feel this terrible, surely there's other people in my age bracket for whatever other reason are feeling just as miserable as I am. And it was at that moment in time that I thought, you know what, like I can actually utilize my own experience to potentially help or change the thoughts of other people. And that was that moment. And, you know, looking back, I don't think it was, it was not a great epiphany at that age. I just thought, oh, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just do this because it's just happening. But I look back now and I go, wow, that point at 16 years, years old was the point where I decided that I was not going to let other people decide what I wanted to do. It was something that I could choose for myself and that I could potentially help others by sharing what my journey had been and what my journey is. It's amazing whenever a teenager, and not to be awful, but whenever a teenager has thoughts of other people as opposed to themselves, that's something to celebrate right there. That was, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is. Developmentally, we're more wired in the teen years to be thinking about ourselves and our miseries. And, you know, so the fact that you had this, like, wow, this is not just my journey. I bet this is going to amount to something that really uh, can make a difference in the world that I'm living in. I mean, that's pretty cool. Mm. So what happened after you, you gave the presentation? When did you start in life making those steps toward, in your mind, resiliency and self-advocacy? I think the biggest thing was um, not so long after that experience or it sort of, you know, fell hand in hand with that as I had the opportunity to go to um, uh, Sydney, which was, you know, seemed like, well, I mean, it was <laughs> it was literally a thousand kilometres away, um, off, off to go and spend some time with some other people in my own age bracket that had, um, you know, grown up with a vision impairment as well. And... Okay. I've seen kids, my, my my vision has deteriorated a lot over the years and so it probably was, oh, look, you know, depending on the time of, um, you know, the, you know, like the light conditions and all sorts of bits and pieces, I probably had about a 50%-ish kind of loss at that age. And so there was other kids that were, you know, nearly totally blind at this camp thing that we went to. And I'm like, wow, they're getting around doing their stuff. And they're managing really well. And for me, it was like, hmm, okay, well, you know, this is potentially where I'm going to need to tap into some resources later on. And it just really taught me that, okay, well, my disability wasn't the end of the world. And so from there I, I took away, okay, yes, I can do this. 
And that that was my real moment of enlightenment, I think, was seeing these other kids potentially with, you know, worse vision loss than me doing better than what I was in the things that I thought were just sort of, you know, your everyday activities. And I went, okay, yep, there there are other people out there in the world that are that are going through this and that, you know, I do have the capacity to to move forward. And so that was that was one of the biggest things I think was, you know, seeing that support from um, you know, other people that were experiencing a similar situation. That's so terrific. I think group support of any kind is so useful because when you have a peer group, you get that perspective. Mm. Some people have it much, much worse. Some people have it better, but they don't appreciate it, Mm. you know, but you, you get to learn, you know, how are other people navigating the world around them and what are they aspiring to do? So I think there's no substitute for something like that. I'm so glad you had that opportunity as a teenager. That's really wonderful. Not everyone has that. So no, you broke out of that I, isolation. Yeah. yeah. And I think the thing is, is to tap into that no matter where we are in life. Like generally there is always someone that we can reach out to. And quite often, you know, we might even be that support person for somebody else unknowingly. Um, you know, you might be the friend that someone always will come to when they're feeling bad and you might not even realize that that's the case or for you to be able to have that person that you can always reach out to and know that you're going to get that support and, you know, to to help you through. And sometimes we need that, um, you know, I guess that unfiltered kind of comment or relationship with somebody to sort of have someone that can say, hang on, like, no, I'm not just going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. I love it. I love that. And maybe now it's easier than ever for people to find that support because they can go online and they don't mm. have to leave their home and they don't have, mm. the, have to have the money to go to the next nearby town because it probably wasn't very cheap to go from Melbourne to Sydney. No. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, I, so anyway, I think that's just lovely. You're right. We need to hear from someone who's walked in our shoes that are going to give, it's going to give us unvarnished truth. Mm-mm. the feedback we need versus the feedback we thought would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So good. Fantastic. And then what happened after that camp and, and you know, how did life pan out after that as you were navigating, you know, grief and then yeah, yeah. your disability? Yeah. And I know we talked before about some bullying in school. Mm-mm. And, look, I think it was just a case of, me becoming really focused on where my future lay. And okay. I I just kind of, you know, I've, I've probably got a little bit of a stubborn streak, to be honest. And I think that's that's really helped me to, to just go, okay, this is what I want to be doing. You know, if you want to come on the journey with me and support me along the way, great. For those naysayers who didn't, then I'm just like, okay, well, you know, you just watch and I'll prove you wrong. And I went Good. back and really focused on, you know, finishing high school. I ended up moving to Sydney to do university. I did a social work degree and um, have been working with people for the last 20 years in the industry of, you know, trying to make their lives better 
through you know various ways and so that that has involved social work I've worked in employment services for a long time Um, I currently work for the Victorian government doing um, something that involves accessibility but at the same time I'm also volunteering as being the disability advocate for um, staff in our department as well so really just tapping into my own resources and utilizing that to be able to say okay, well, how can I make my life experience relate to making experiences for other people better? And fairly sort of recently during COVID, I um, started doing life coaching as well. And so um, I sort of figured being a resilience coach is something that, um, you know, once again really enables me to to get other people to think differently about their experiences and challenges and, you know, to to, to change their mindset about the the things that they face in life. I love it. Has it been enjoyable? I love it. It is it is one of those things that is so rewarding in terms of you see the change happen in somebody. And you know, I'm working with a girl at the moment and just just taking those baby steps for her at the moment you know, to speak to her every week and she says, yes, I, I did X, Y, Z and I'm feeling so much better. And one of the things that I do with my clients is a little check-in every week and I sort of get them to give me a, a feelings rating out of out of 10. And, you know, from where people start to where they finish is just such an amazing journey to watch people do that and, you know, to be able to gather their own resources it's not about, you know, telling them what to do. It's about enabling them to, to find what resources they've got inside and to be able to utilise what's happening for them in their own individual way. That's fabulous. So you're not controlling their process. You're helping support, you're partnering with them to support mm-hmm. their process. Because I think down and, deep we all know what we need to do to move to right. get to the places we need to be going to but we don't necessarily have the faith in ourselves. Quite often, you know, we get into this mindset of, um, you know, that negative self-talk and and that inability to, to empower ourselves. And so sometimes having somebody else that's sort of, you know, your support and your cheer squad and, you know, to once again ask some of those hard questions that maybe other people aren't asking, I think it's really beneficial. What did your family say when you graduated college? I mean, did did they have some sort of moment of reckoning like, wow, you know, <laughs> didn't see that coming. That's awesome. Um, to be honest, no, I don't think so, <laughs> which is a bit funny. Um, look, I Not tell really. you what, like um, the, 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 the naysayer was my mum mostly. Um, and, wow. you know, when I, when I graduated high school, like it's this, you know, standard thing where you sort of, you know, you all go along and you, you do your high school graduation or whatever. And I know I banned her from coming. I'm just like, nope, <laughs> you don't get to come. You didn't do the support, so therefore you don't get to come. And when it came to university, it was funny, actually. I was the first person in my family to graduate university. And, um, yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing. No, it's, I don't know, like I think, I think we come from this family of you just, you just do your thing and we don't really, we're not, 
it's not an emotional kind of um, family at all. Like we don't we don't show emotions. Like you sort of, you know, a little hug when you happen to see each other and we happen to be spread all over the countryside. Like, you know, we're, you know, not not even all of us are, are here in Australia. We've got a sister that lives in Japan and, you know, we're all, all very separated in geographical locations as well. And it's one of those things that, you know, you hug when you see each other and you hug when you say goodbye and, and that's about as much emotion as you're ever going to show to somebody unless it's, you know, at a funeral or something, really. It's, it's, it's terrible. We've got that very, um, you know, it's probably still relates back to that very English kind of heritage of the, you know, keep the stuff up, stiff upper lip kind of. That's right. You know, don't show emotion, you know. That's exactly right. I was just going to say that it sounds very British. It sounds mm, like very much stiff so. upper lip, you know, keep it together and nothing too extreme, no big bursts of emotion. To, That's right. You know, you, you can pull the pieces, but do it, do it behind <laughs> the scenes somewhere where no one's looking. Oh my goodness. Well, speaking of that, how did you learn to celebrate your own accomplishments? Because I think a lot of times as women, especially, and I'm sure there are men like this too, but if you're from a family particularly where they're not necessarily celebrating your accomplishments, they're not saying the things to you like, wow, you have achieved what a lot of us could not, or at least hadn't yet. Um, We're so excited. It's important for you to be able to pat your own back. You're right. It's, It's important. I don't mean be boastful or awful, but how did you learn to give yourself positive messages. It took a long time. And I think just over the years, as I grew older, I learned to, to be honest, care a little less about what other people think and to Mm -hmm. really just be happy with where I'm at. And yeah, to really celebrate my own successes and to be proud of what I'm doing. Because if I wait for somebody else to be proud of me, maybe that's going to happen. Maybe it's not. So it's kind of like, you know what, I'll be my own cheer squad. And that was, that was really hard to do. And to be able to sort of go, oh, okay, well, you know, don't, don't worry so much about what the others are thinking. As long as you're following your path and it makes you happy, that's all you need to be thinking. And, you know, it sounds a little selfish really, but I mean, that, that's what we all really need to tap into, I think, because if we spend all of our energy worrying about what others are thinking, um, you know, quite often you're just going to exhaust yourself and you know, quite often you only hear what, once again, you know, you only hear what they want you to hear. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's always not very, um, you know, reflective of what the situation is anyway. But, um, you know, having said that, also to be able to then change that around and make it different for other people as well. So I know from my experience growing up and not having that celebrated, I behave very differently when it comes to my own daughters and okay. they're now 16 and 18. So they're, <laughs> they're nearly grown up now. But I mean, the same thing, like I really do try to celebrate um, you know, celebrate their successes and to try and show that emotion. And that was a really hard journey in itself was learning, you know, it's okay to be emotional and, you know, to, to do all of those things that I really wanted to, you know, make, make different. Sometimes it's easy to learn not what to do, but you still don't quite know what to do and you've just kind of got to go with the flow. 
Right. And that there is a danger, I feel like, if you are able to accomplish some goals or even try. I mean, I feel like our our efforts need to be celebrated. Even if they don't turn out the way we wanted, we need to learn to celebrate our efforts. Hmm. But if we don't and nobody else around us acknowledges us and we're waiting for that, that's the key to burnout and unhappiness hmm. and insecurity. And there's no point in continuing to strive, continue to strive if there's never a reward. But then the good news is you don't have to wait for someone else to do it. You can say to yourself, good effort or great outcome and really proud of your journey. You know, if you don't have to say it out loud in yeah. public, you know, place where people think you're a weirdo, but, <laughs> but that's okay too. Do the little dance in the street. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you could, but uh, I don't recommend it, but you know, it is a very important thing just for all people. And I would say, especially women to learn is we don't Absolutely. have to wait yeah. to get to and celebrate just to, as, as our you said, Give stuff a go. Yeah. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I would so much prefer to say, well, I had that experience and maybe it didn't turn out exactly the way I would have ideally liked it to, but at least I gave it a go rather than looking back and going, oh, I wish I had have done this and I wish I had have done that. And, you know, at least the experience has been there and, you know, just it's, it's, it's happened and you've got a result. And next time you might do it differently. Or you might take that experience away and let it change your life in a different way. But at least, at least you've done it. That's right. I think in all of life, really, it's good to have goals, but it isn't the goal that matters. It is that journey Mm. of pursuit that is the thing. And so I love that. So has there been a point in your life in which you looked at, you know, you're working for the government, you have your own side, you know, coaching practice and what you've said, like, wow you know, this is pretty cool, you know? Um, yeah. And look, I think quite often people, it's interesting, especially with the disability, people look at you and go, oh my goodness, you're doing all this stuff and you're disabled and whoa. And it's like, yeah, like this, just is, this is life. Like my disability okay. becomes secondary. Yeah. Like getting up and making a cup of coffee and putting my shoes on isn't, it's it's not amazing. <laughs> it's right, what, right. It's just On what everybody hand, else yeah. does. <laughs> it's oh, but um, you know, the the thought of it being inspirational. What your mom extends often you to do and makes people think, it. oh well, wow, you know, that is something okay. that's different. And so okay. I'll tap into that as well. Goodness, well, how do I now navigate that? Because I need to go in a completely different path to what I normally would. And so, you know, that is challenging, yeah? And, right. you know, I haven't quite fallen down the, you know, the the manhole thing yet or whatever. But, you know, one day it, it, it's it's potentially going to, to sort of, you know, cause me quite a big difficulty. But I think it, it's, it's one of those things that you just need to learn how to tackle challenges and um, to to move with it. And if I've got that ability to help teach other people along the way, then that's fantastic. And that's why I'll take away from this. That is so terrific. And I'm really, really, I kind of come back to that camp sounded so pivotal in your life when you were a teenager. Are you still friends with any of the people you met? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. Terrific. To this me? day. 
So what's that, you know, 30 years later? Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, still, still, you know, very much so. Definitely got those contacts still, which is, it's amazing. And, you know, to watch all of our lives just sort of, you know, go from, you know, different places, it's it's been really exciting. That is really exciting. And like you said, when you were a teenager, you didn't have a lot of support network at a period of time. And then suddenly you started learning how to build it. And I think that Mm. is kind of the key to future successes in most anything is like getting that solid support and learning to sustain it over a lifetime because we're always going to have some new thing hit us. And it's so helpful to have somebody else who's been in our shoes, who will be in our shoes, who we can help, who they can help us. You know, it's just Mm. fantastic. So congratulations. Now, where can people connect with you, learn about the different things that you do for your work, uh, please tell us how listeners can contact you. Okay. So probably the best place is my website, which is www.fionadmark.com.au. Or I am all over the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, If you just search me up, usually if you find my surname, then there's not too many of us that have got the same surname. And my professional um, professional pages have always got my full name, Fiona. My personal pages tend to have my my shortened fee kind of nickname. So if you're searching me out, Fiona Demark, um, all good to go. It's like Denmark minus the N, right? Same Absolutely. Spell. That is okay. the best way to think about it. <laughs> it has been so much fun to connect with you today. Now you're in the future, right? It's Tuesday in Australia and we're recording on Monday. <laughs> So how is my day I am in tomorrow? the future. It is very weird. <laughs> so, it really is. Yes, I'm about to start my my next day. So this is, um, you know, 6.30 on a Tuesday morning now. So Ooh. I will go and finish my cup of coffee and, um, you know, in not too distant future, start my work day. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being here. I've absolutely enjoyed your good company. Thanks, Fiona. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.